Hey, beautiful souls. Welcome to As I Am, the podcast, a safe space to express my truths and the truths of women who identify with my experiences. I'm Latoya Maria, the yoga enchantress. How's your heart? Is it heavy? I know some days mine is too. I'm feeling my way through the heaviness. I took a month off from space holding and contributing to the collective healing to hold space for myself so that I could work through some of my personal battles and in the midst of doing this healing work, an uprising and awakening has happened. A veil is being removed. I know it's painful, uncomfortable, it's difficult, but it's necessary because black lives, black bodies have and always will deserve to be protected, honored, and valued. And in this episode, I have the pleasure of exploring some of my favorite topics with a divine black woman. We recorded this episode a little over a month ago, just before the current uprising against police brutality, systemic racism, and white supremacy. In this episode, we explore everything from sustainability in the black community to inclusion in the wellness space. It's divine because the way this episode and our conversation ended speaks to the current performative displays of solidarity that's happening in the wellness space. I wanted to continue with this series of interviews because if there is one thing that will sustain us as we embark on this journey of black liberation, that is finding every moment we can to experience joy and laughter. Black women especially, I want you to find every moment you can to lay down your burdens so that you can laugh, rest, celebrate, and experience pleasure to the fullest. With that, shall we get into this episode? My guest is Carrington. We have been talking to each other on the internet via Instagram for a while, but now we get to hold space with each other. Carrington, introduce yourself. Let us know what you want us to know to start. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name is Carrington, and I own my business called Parts Homegrown with Carrington LLC, and I'm a vegan food and lifestyle blogger. Uh Amazing. Now, I have questions, but I'm going to start with a wild card question. Brace yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about what comes to mind when you hear aerial roots? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> when I... When I think about aerial roots, I think about little penises coming out of my plants. <laughs> Guys, this is how we ended up having this instant bond because one day I was sharing on my stories, uh, my Monstera, Moni, rest in peace. You don't know. she uh, She's no longer with us, but uh, I'll tell you guys that story at a later time. But anyway, she had an aerial root that was intense. Like it was probably taller than she was and I shared it and then Carrington actually messaged me and was like 
she showed me a video of her aerial roots. And she's like, they, they remind me of little penises. I, from that moment, my heart was open. <laughs> open <laughs> to you. This is the sort of things that I love to get into. <laughs> so that was my first wild card question. I will throw another one in there. A little bit later but let's get into <laughs> let's get into uh, what I want this to be covering and it's really just this opportunity to shed light on specific areas that aren't really covered or um, supported by women of color now obviously we are in these spaces but I want to take this time to spotlight women who are in different fields plants of course you guys know I love plants veganism which is something I was identified as for a very long time however I don't identify as that a vegan anymore but we'll get into that a little bit later and also yoga these are three things I'm very passionate about and Carrington as well she's very passionate now before we get into that I want to know Tell me about your African-American and African studies in school. I found that out and I was so, I was like, what? And then to top it off, you also studied philosophy. Please tell me, how has that shaped your journey? Okay, so as a like backstory a little bit, my Mm -hmm. family, they're all historians. So they actually write books and do like, like grad school level research on African-American history. So ever since I was a little girl, my mom was very persistent on the idea of like me reading uh, books written strictly by black people. Wow, (laughs) yes. And she took us to every single civil rights museum that exists on the East Coast. She was like very, very passionate about this stuff. Mm. Um, And so basically when I got to the University of Virginia, I was- UVA. Go who's? Um, when I got there, I wasn't really settled on any major in particular, and I actually wasn't that enthused about going to college at all. But I decided I, I was like, maybe I can just do um, AAS, uh, African American African Studies, um, because I've already read probably most of the books. Right. <laughs> so they were right. gonna have me write essays on, which ended up being pretty much true. And um, modern, not harder. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was actually a course to graduate in three years from school mm-hmm. um, at 20. But then I decided in my fourth year, I was like, ah, well, I have a little bit of time, a little bit of financial aid. So mm-hmm. why not just double major in something else? So November of my second to last semester in school, I decided to double major in philosophy. Wow. And... It kind of just all worked out. Like, I just had enough time and credits and money to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, in that semester, I was taking a course on the historiography of African American mm-hmm. women. And I wrote my mm-hmm. research paper on making a case that African American women philosophers existed, um, like Angela Davis and Ida B. Go off. <laughs> so, because African American women are normally only categorized like their works are categorized in women gender studies or sociology mm-hmm. and stuff I mm-hmm. felt like that was a disservice not only to those categories but to the category of philosophy because it's not very diverse in the philosophy world and mm. so I was making a case in both of my majors that hey they already existed they've already done these really amazing works you just need to put it in that light 
So I wrote that paper and then I decided double major in philosophy with my focus was in ethics, which mm-hmm. tied into um, the rights for African-American women and yes. for, um, as we'll talk about later, veganism with animals and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's why my focus was on those things because I am so proud to be a black woman. Yes. And so it is yes. very important to know my history and know mm. the ins and outs so that I can have a clear view of the mm-hmm. world and of myself. And that's yes. why I did that. Give me Carrington. Yes. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. I am so, so, so interested. I would really love to be able to read that paper. And just just for everybody out there, just so you know, half the things that you are using on a daily basis a black woman created that just in case you didn't know go look it up um so <laughs> I really love no but I love that, that that you made that case and it's so interesting when I read your I was doing a little bit of research about you and I love that it's for me I'm like Carrington the philosopher that's what she gonna be for me from now on <laughs> So in that exploration, um, I would really love for you to expand a little bit more on the value of quality versus quantity with regards to our consumption. Now, quality versus quantity is something that I always make sure I'm mindful of in really every facet of my life because I think is relevant in every way. But I did a... um, an interview and I was sharing and talking about consumption. And I really do think that it is, it is something that we don't even have a lot of attachment to because we live in this world where we're consumers and all we know is more, more, more. So please expand on that for me, quality versus quantity and how it relates to consumption. How have you prioritized that in your life? And maybe if you can think of anything that we could do to integrated into our daily lives yeah so I first have always thought about how like I just don't like having a lot of stuff like currently Mm -hmm. my apartment this is the most amount of things I've ever owned because I love the idea of just packing all my stuff throwing it in the car and just going whenever I want Mm to um but I also like things being long-lasting. I think long-lasting things like impressions or yeah. even, um, you know, just like a good pair of boots really matters mm-hmm. because yeah. you want to not waste your investments. When you're growing up in like the rural countryside of the South, you don't have a lot of resources to be able to get a lot of things. So the few things you can get, you want them to be high quality so they can last a long time because you don't know when Mm -hmm. it can be replaced. And so, Mm. and I also, my like love language and my number one love language is quality time spent. And right. Mm -hmm. I want everything to be high quality and genuine and mm-hmm. so that it's sustainable. And part of my studies at UVA was in global sustainability. So everything mm-hmm. from when I get my pasta jars, my little Prego pasta jars, I'm going to reuse them yeah. so that I can take iced coffee yeah. to work. Because mm-hmm. I don't feel like buying 17, like, plastic, um, like, reusable <laughs> mugs. I'm not doing that. I'm going right. to just use these glass jars because they're fantastic. Um, right. And something like fun that I've recently done is like, I'm trying to make like uh, a full loop circle of like an ecosystem Mm -hmm. in my life. 
where okay. I grow my own food a little bit and but I eat a plant-based diet right and then I take those scraps mm-hmm. and I'm composting them composting so that I yeah can take that mm-hmm. soil and put it back into my house plants and just keep this little cycle going because I feel yeah. like you can really know how good something is when it's homegrown like right mm-hmm. in your backyard and you have put a lot of love and time into it so yeah so that's why mm, I really love high quality stuff that's so powerful and I can relate to that especially uh when you think I, I think about my grandparents and how easy it is to live a life when you are integrating yourself into the ecosystem and creating an ecosystem for yourself we live in this world where we're just more more and more nothing is enough and just waste when it's unnecessary i love it she was like, i'm just gonna use this mason jar i mean it's perfectly fine i clean it out i can use it and it i think that's a really good tip for people actually to take away you can do that all of those little jars that you have everything that you use what can you how can you repurpose it mm-hmm. and i love the idea of repurposing things so that it is one supporting you but also supporting um supporting the environment um with that i want to shift gears not so much out of what we're talking about but i want to go explore your veganism and what when did you transition and how that in, did that impact you how did it impact your family your friends and even your coworkers and i know when i started my vegan journey oh I don't even know when, because I mean, I never really ate much meat. So I didn't even, I can't even pinpoint when I was vegan, but I know that it was more about me and it wasn't really about the planet. So I know now that there are vegans who really, they are looking not just about themselves. They want to do the least amount of harm. And I support that. So tell me about your journey into veganism. So I have always been a very adventurous eater and I've always loved food. Okay. I was in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I watched Food Network religiously growing up. Food was uh-huh. it for me. So I really love eating good food and was blessed enough to always eat really good food. Yes. <laughs> it came to a point in about middle school, my mom started to get um, – grass-fed beef um down in Yanceyville North okay. Carolina when we would go on our way to mm-hmm. church she would like stop it this mm-hmm. I just really liked seeing the cows honestly and so like right I was fully aware that where like where meat comes from but we were um getting this grass-fed beef and it was like it was good and then I went mm-hmm. and lived in Italy for a little bit when I was 15 okay. mm-hmm ate mm-hmm. everything that came back, tried to eat like regular meat here in the States. And then mm-hmm. my mom stopped getting that beef. And I started having these issues. I just like couldn't physically stomach eating it. Like I just, it just wasn't mm-hmm. driving with my body. So right as time went on, so I stopped eating red meat at 15. So it's almost okay. like wow. 14, 15. So it's been about okay. 10 years since I've had that. Okay, And then my first year of college yeah when I was 17 18 I had like a really bad allergic reaction to dairy and so okay I cut that out a year later I started I got like 
food I had food poisoning twice from chicken from Chick-fil-A so that terrified me enough to stop right and uh (laughs) and then I really decided I was like I'm pretty certain like eating unhealthy is like the source Mm -hmm. of my physical um and mental like instability so I decided to be serious about transitioning so the last things I gave up was fish and eggs um okay it was kind of hard but the hard line about fish was just we overfished the oceans and the hard line about eggs is I realized I just didn't need to eat them anymore like I just wasn't craving them so it was pretty right pretty easy for me to phase all that out over a five-year period Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and just have like what I would say is like 75 percent of my meals are whole food plant-based um the other 25 percent are junk food (laughs) okay Um, but when I was 15 my brother and I binge watched like a bunch of vegan videos like documentaries Oh, and there. yeah, <laughs> it was a, not a great idea. And I yeah. saw that show, uh, the documentary Earthlings, like I think it was the 2002 uh-huh. version, rocked mm. my whole world. I still have, I feel like mm. nightmares from that. <laughs> oh. It was so rough. And I was like, that was when I first, my first really serious idea of like, I'm going to have to go vegan because this is like, mm. this is how they're treating animals apparently. Which was just weird mm-hmm. to think about because the farmers I knew personally didn't do that. But I know right, that right. they did that on a mass scale in other places. So on a mass scale, yeah. It was painful to think about and I love nature so much. And it mm. seemed as though that veganism was the main way that I was going to be able to align my values with my actions. Right. Because mm-hmm. I believe, and this might sound a little woo-woo, no, say I speak your truth. I feel like when people say like you're like we're the physical like uh, image or representation of God, and like you have a mm-hmm. purpose. Like I think mm-hmm. that I'm I represent the part of God herself mm-hmm. that spreads the most yes. amount of joy while causing the least amount of mm-hmm. harm. And when I started getting into yoga, also around fourteen. I was learning about the yamas and niyamas, like Ahimsa mm-hmm. and Ananda and all yes. of that. And that's when mm-hmm. I was like, I'm piecing it all together. This is how I'm going to live a better life for not only me, but for other people and for the earth. That was right. the only way I saw that I could have a consistent um, stance for being mm-hmm. that embodiment of joy and of nonviolence and just being like love in the purest form and it helped a lot with my yeah. mental health because you very quickly realize if you eat a bad diet it makes you sluggish and foggy and sickly it does yes affects your mm-hmm. anxiety it could exacerbate mm-hmm. depression because you can't bring yourself to do stuff and preach then it's just like a whole <laughs> cycle effect and i'm like you know what Along with, you know, reasonably so going to therapy because I think people, you know, that's a fine thing to do. That's not very promoted in our community, but it's okay. I advocate for therapy. I do. I advocate for Yeah. So, like, with therapy and then changing my diet, I am exponentially Mm -hmm. healthier. (laughs) Much more, like, I have much more of a desire to live because of it. Because I didn't really, like, around, like, 16, life was getting hard, and I was like, mm-hmm. I don't really want to be here anymore. But 
right. I persevered. And then once I changed my diet, I went from saying I don't want to live really past 20 to I'm going to show everyone that I'm going to live over 100 because of yes. this diet. Because everyone thinks you're going to die when you go vegan, right? Because you lack a protein. It's <laughs> a little <laughs> bit much. But I was like, I'm going to live so well that other people mm. can see that they can do that too for themselves and save themselves Absolutely. and others mm. in the process. Oh, wow. That's well, so powerful. And this story, it's just a beautiful journey of self-actualization. That's what I got from that and how you can support not just yourself, but also support your environments. And one of the things that I share in my inner circle um, is that my fresh, one of my frustrations is that we are living so disconnected, disconnected from source, disconnected from this planet. And it's like us human beings and then nature over there. And we just take, take, take as though we are not a part of nature. And if we are not willing to integrate and reintegrate and be, be a part of the ecosystem and not only support ourselves, but support the planet, the other animals, the plants, even everything, then we are just on a fast, fast track. We are very much on a fast track to our demise. And uh, you said something that really resonated with me. My brain remembers things and then it goes out, but it'll come back a little bit later. Um, with regards to sustainability, uh, how how do you how do you incorporate that in your life now? I want to know more so like on a daily basis, how are you supporting that in your, for your work or how are you supporting that with, uh, you have a partner. So how, how do you integrate that into others or support others with understanding sustainability and as it relates to you? Yeah. So my mom likes to call me like a little fairy. Like I just kind of sprinkle <laughs> my little fairy dust all over a place to make things a lot yeah. bigger. Um, <laughs> And so that's what I try to do. So sprinkle in here and there little small things mm -hmm. that will just kind of stick with people. So right. I've been with my partner for like a year and a half now, just about. And mm -hmm. he's mm -hmm. not plant-based. But he basically is at this mm -hmm. point because now we're living together because of this whole pandemic right. thing. So you're going to get this plant-based Yeah. <laughs> He's been, like, really supportive. I think it was mainly because I've only given him good vegan food. And because right. of that, and because I'm, like, a, I guess, quote-unquote, chill vegan, he responds mm -hmm. really well to that. And so okay. I he does now just effortlessly just choose a plant-based option. But that's because I've okay. slowly decided to take the time to teach. My mom, I've right. slowly shown her, like, hey, mom, you got to know that when you're looking at your – like makeup stuff cruelty free does not mean vegan so make sure you ask go ahead that. tell these people and so <laughs> she 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 loves saying that to people she was like is this vegan or is it just cruelty free and i'm like oh my gosh please <laughs> let the associate live at the belt there is a difference <laughs> or I have, like, I tell people, like, hey, you should use Dr. Bronner's maybe because it's biodegradable mm -hmm. soap. Um, and it's, right. like, you under, like, you can, you can actually understand the ingredients kind of deal. And right. you can use it on 18 things in your entire house. So 
everything. <laughs> I love Dr. Bronner's. I've been using it for years. Yeah, see, <laughs> you knew before most people knew and got hip to it. It is so nice. Um, in my workplace, so I work with main. Well, I work with all men actually, because like, oh! I work in engineering construction. So this just all. You know, men in their 30s, 40s who are pretty rough around mm-hmm. the edges, but so, so, so sweet to me. <laughs> <laughs> They're very, very nice. They they don't bother me much, which is great. Um, unless they want an email sent. It's great. Right. But it, it was really <laughs> that black girl magic. I, I try. So it's really hard because I'm also <laughs> am the only black person in the office so okay. it's a little bit interesting, but they're super sweet. I don't um, know how that is. We um, they like were, were persistent on the idea of like drinking water bottles, and I had to argue with my mm. manager about let's not do that. But he was like pretty persistent on like we're gonna drink these water bottles. So I said, well, if I set up a recycling bin and I take the recycling mm-hmm. out, is it will will that be okay? And he said yes. So. Last year, because I've been at this job for since last January, last year I set up okay. recycling bins. And I, right. I remember seeing that. Yeah. yeah. And I calculated how much plastic we diverted, and we diverted something like 5,000 bottles from going into the ocean <laughs> because they just drink a lot of water. It's wild. I don't know why they what? put Put a Brita filter on the sink so we can drink the tap. But, like, (laughs) that is the most I can get these men to do for me. And they were happy because I would do incentives like, okay, the best recycler of the month, I'll bring in a whole bunch of vegan cookies just for you. And they were loving that. They would get angry with me when they're like, I've been recycling and you're not going to acknowledge me. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't know. The emotional labor. Give me a break. Take these cookies and recycle and move on about your day. Exactly. I'm just like, oh my gosh, you guys are too much. But like between that and like saying little things like, hey, these K-cup pods, you know, they don't decompose very well. So mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. bring your own coffee or use instant coffee or something or just make tea with like like loose leaf tea because it'd just be better. And because of that, right. um, they have been very responsive. I they they it was funny. They paid me like five dollars to make a vegan lasagna, and I told them they did not need to give me five dollars. Um, run me my check. You even take that five dollars, please and thank it you. Was, it was so absurd because I sometimes I'll make food, and I will just bring a little extra serving to give to like one or two people in the office. Be like, mm-hmm. hey, I want you to taste mm-hmm. this. Tell me what you think. And mm-hmm. one guy, he. Did you want- I love to eat. I want to be a part of that. Go ahead. <laughs> and I'm like, I need you to tell me this because I, I love when non-vegans like, give me feedback in particular. Right. And mm-hmm. like he just really liked this one coworker. He really loved the lasagna. And so he was like, mm-hmm. can you please make that again? So I made a whole pan big enough for everyone in the office to eat for like 20 yeah. people, 20 men. Let me be clear. That's right. like a church right. size <laughs> amount of lasagna. <laughs> and I made it. And they ate the whole thing and they were just like, this is amazing. I just cannot believe that this was made with tofu <laughs> and not with cheese. And I was like, yeah, it's super crazy how I made that much for $5. Like you can do that. Yeah. And that's, that's like the way I've been able to share with people little things like that. Like, Hey, like you don't have to uproot your whole life 
you can just yeah. pick a certain sector of your mm-hmm. life to change a little yeah. bit and it'll be mm-hmm. fine right something's right. better than nothing and I think a lot yeah, of, of like course. environmentalists and vegans and stuff like that are an all-or-nothing kind of like agenda oh. and I'm like oh. I I think oh. if someone is like let's say like my partner like is eating plant-based most of the time and they only eat non-vegan food when they go out to eat for special occasions. Right. That's a pretty, pretty reasonable thing to ask people to do mm-hmm. and to ask them to keep up. That's very good. Right. Um, but I'm just a very lax person like that. I'm like, I'm everyone's right. biggest cheerleader for any and everything. Right. That That's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I mean, like, I sort of think about Again, I I called myself a vegan because people called me a vegan because I ate plant-based and whole foods. But that's that's what I call them. I just eat plant-based and whole foods and I eat what my body wants me to eat. I never liked chicken. That's just going to be a full stop. I never, it, growing up, I didn't like chicken, so I wasn't going to eat it. I thought chickens were weird and I just wasn't a part of it. Beef. Now, red meat I didn't really eat it. However, that was one of the ways that my father and I kind of bond because he would uh, make steaks and like make them specifically for me. And that was just like a way to bond because my father is an amazing cook. So that I would eat the steak because he made it and that was it. But I wasn't really crazy about um, meat, uh, red meat. Now, I think now I think I can clock when I was was vegan. It was when I went to college. I do not like handling meat. I don't like handling meat. I don't like handling. I don't like handling it. And so if I can't handle it, I surely shouldn't be Mm -hmm. eating it. And that was the mind state that I had. Now, when it came to sustainability and just uh, making sure that I reuse and repurpose things, I've always been a crafty person and a creative person. So I always was trying to find a way to reuse something or repurpose something. And that came from my grandfather, who was, I mean, he can make furniture, upholstery, all these things. So that was something that was really natural to me. Mm So these things that are considered fads now or whatever, trends, whatever you want to call them, like fasting, all these things, I was like, wait a minute. I I, I mean, I was doing all that stuff because that's just was natural to me. I don't attach any labels to any of these things. This is just the way that I lead my life. And that's why I didn't really um, uh, stay in this path of, oh, I'm a vegan. I just try to eat whole foods and plant-based and go from there. Um, And and I think that's a more healthy choice for me. Yes. And oh, by the way, I never liked milk as well. Like, just, <laughs> no. I can't even. It I, Now, this is something that I will have a whole argument with people about. Like, hold up. You're just going to just drink this cow milk? Like, but why? Why are you doing that? You're not a little, you're not a baby cow? What's going on here? And I always thought it was the most bizarre thing in the world. So, <laughs> like, from young, like, no, I'm not drinking that. Get that out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like but sometimes like just looking back on certain things I'm like like why like I like I, I, right. I, I've, told, I've told people I was like so you would just go into the fridge and just drink a straight glass of milk for fun they were like yeah <laughs> I'm like, what a, are you okay but, like that's what I want to say but why hope you're enjoying the episode so far 
there's still more for us to dive into, so get comfy. Oh, <laughs> I want to take this moment to let you know the pre-orders for my ebook, Yoga Doesn't Care If You're Flexible, is now available. The official release is happening on August 8th. My birthday! Oh, <laughs> I'm so excited. This guide is a perfect place to start for any of my curious yogis out there. It's fun, accessible, and infuses stories from my personal yoga journey. When you pre-order, you get immediate access so that you can preview the first few pages and you'll get two audio guided meditations found in the ebook on the release date for free. Head over to my website, www.yogaenchantress.com and pre-order your copy now. <laughs> Let's get back into the episode with Karenson. So to your point about how like these are just how you've just been living, I it was not until I got into college and started getting mm -hmm. into social media that I realized right. that people were now labeling a lot of stuff that we've always been doing that we just we just knew right like, and it's just like I uh I was just thinking about this yesterday actually how like black people have like always been super sustainable but it's out of a fact yes. of need for survival but in mm -hmm. being resourceful and being interconnected yes. and knowing that you yes. can't manipulate nature to abide by what you desire you work with right and so mm -hmm. the fact that um people like call like was meal prepping but that's just you just eat your leftovers i don't understand <laughs> like what this is or like when people are doing like what was something i saw i don't know like just you know you, you always would go into your grandparents fridge and you look in the like country crock butter container and you think it maybe use butter right. but really there's just string beans inside there and right then, oh yeah, like, no. like, that's, just, that's just how we have always lived. And so the fact that people yeah. have labeled it, I'm like, okay, cool, I guess. Like, it's nice to have a label because it's easier to explain. Like, the first right. year or two. You can easily explain and identify as a Yeah, like, I didn't call myself vegan for the first year or two because I didn't really, I don't like labels in general. So, like, I wasn't trying. Yeah, same, same, sis. But mm -hmm. it is easier for me to just explicitly try to explain to someone why I'm not going to do something or consume something because my choice is by just saying I'm vegan. But mm. it is very um interesting because I was just talking to my mother recently and mm -hmm. we have a very, very close relationship. But she that's beautiful she is the reason why i do all of my like what was now called self-care <laughs> like mm -hmm. all of i love how we're we are just really going in like all these labels <laughs> like you just <laughs> like she i grew up watching her like sometimes she worked really really hard all the time she always made mm -hmm. time for us always showered yeah. us with affection but we also in oh. our house it was my mom my brother and i and our we had pets we always had dogs and we would all be in mm -hmm. our equal corners of the house, minding our own business, mm -hmm. leaving each other yeah. alone, doing our own thing. Yeah. And then we would come together, mm -hmm. we would play yeah. fight with each other, and <laughs> we would watch movies and eat together and stuff like that, laugh and joke. Yeah. And then we would just we just knew how to be that kind of those kind of people. But I grew up seeing mm -hmm. her take a like 
take a hot shower and then put on whatever lotions and oils, light candles, mm-hmm. have all this mm-hmm. music going. And yeah. she taught me like you should wear lingerie for yourself. You should have your nice yeah. silk nightgown on and for yourself and do your hair for yourself and order the food that you want and just enjoy life. And that is just don't give you getting me excited right now because oh yes go on go on that is what we see being trending now but there have been people doing that all along and this look I mean look it's very clear because even if you watch like 90s R&B music videos like it's clear that's just what they did that is what you that's what you do you take care of yourself or like my mom like if we said like ah like I don't think I can do school today she would let us have like what's now called like a mental health day a mental health yeah. day yeah and same actually same yeah and I still <laughs> I still have mental health days with my job and they're very nice to so let me just take a little PTO because it's just like yeah. life happens and you need a break and this is how you take mm. care of yourself and mm. I just think that like because she showed me how to have a good relationship with myself stood me in front of the mm-hmm. mirror and said thank you for yourself is beautiful what do you like this is how you take care of your skin. This is how you do your hair. This is how you eat. Right. Like, yeah. She took us to strawberry festivals and let us go pick yes! out strawberries and eat them straight <laughs> from the vine. She, she was just like, yeah. sure, whatever. You don't need to wash. You just go ahead and eat it. You'll be fine. Yeah. And having mm-hmm. someone like that, a woman, a black woman, and my mother to show me how to basically what's the blueprint to how I live now because I'm just a mini replica of her essentially because she also had houseplants um yeah it's just not see that it's trendy it's really funny because Mm -hmm. I'm like oh I try to tell people all the time (laughs) even if I didn't have my blog I would still be living like this you I'm just my life yeah this not a fucking movie yeah this is literally (laughs) like I'm just taking pictures of what I do every day like exactly that's that's the only thing here this isn't for money this isn't for fame i want to live mm. well and this is all i know how to do don't oh <laughs> this is power right here you are dropping so much power and it's so true i resonate so much with all of this because i i think for me i i think about my grandmother who taught me everything that i know and uh, my mom raised me um but my grandmother is the woman who I model my life after. She is my hero. And I'm so grateful that she's still with me. But she taught me everything that I know, how to care for myself and how to love myself. And this is, but my mother also was absolutely integral to the woman that I am now. And the idea that this is something that needs to be told for me, it, it does break my heart because then I'm wondering what what happened where because we we are we we need time for ourselves. We need to take care of ourselves. That is essential. That is not an option. Right. And because we have these movements where they have to remind people to rest. Right. You have to remind people to take mental health days like you have to remind people to do this. But we are not machines, right? And it's because of the systems that we live in, these constructs, and all they are there to do is make us be disconnected from ourselves. And I love that you were talking about, you know, the um, wearing lingerie for yourself. Like, <laughs> that is 
100% my way of being. Like, I'm doing this for me. I've always been, I would think, I think of myself as, I suppose someone could say it as radical or nonconformist. And so no matter where I go, I show up as I am. So when I'm in meetings, <laughs> when I'm talking, this, I don't really do a lot of code switching. So I'm like straight up who I am always. <laughs> I love that. And that's because I know I, I it's rooted deeply in me, right? I have a firm identity and, I, and it's very rooted deeply. So I, I can't even imagine being any other version of myself. But what I, what I mean by saying that is when I consider what looks, like it's a trend and then I think I'm like well I've been doing that but I just like, okay well I'm so glad now that people are more especially women mm-hmm. are jumping on this because now we're starting to choose ourselves and especially black women yes I I don't play like when it comes to black women I do not play we are going to prioritize our well-being and always and in all things it is our right and we have to command that. So I'm loving hearing that you hearing you basically agree with that by living that. That's what I'm talking about. This ain't this is not for the movie. This is not for likes. This is my life. I love it. That is such a powerful thing. Now I want to get on to uh, my last question in this particular uh, topic, and that is what kind of brought us together is tell me about your love of plants. Now I want to know how does plant care and self-care intersect for you? Because for me, I find when I care for my plants, I feel like I am caring for myself. When I take the time to wipe down the leaves or water my plants, sometimes I get up in the morning, right? And I think, okay, I need to meditate. And that meditation is going to be designated to just me sitting still and in quiet. But then I'm like, I look and I open my eyes and I see my babies. And I'm like, oh, actually, I'm going to let this be my meditation for now. You first. <laughs> and it's deeply, no, because it's, and it's deeply connected to caring, not just for the plants, but for myself. And I feel so soothed and I feel like I'm connected to the mother when I care for my plants. So yeah, tell me, how do they intersect for you? Plant care and self-care. So I- And just your love of plants. Yeah. So I started getting houseplants well, like last February. So when I moved into okay. this apartment, because um, mm-hmm. I realized that this place that I'm living in now is kind of probably the longest place I will be able to live in. Um, okay. Like of my whole life, like that, that is my own. Because I just lived, you mm-hmm. know- in college, you just you change where you live every single year. Right. So I got this apartment. My first big girl move is this apartment. And I said to myself that I needed to fill the space because I didn't own mm-hmm. a lot on purpose. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I wanted some life in here. And because I couldn't afford a pet, I was a professional pet sitter for about a year and a half. And I love animals. Wow. And mm-hmm. I just couldn't afford a pet. And I was mm-hmm. like, I need something to love and nurture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get it. And so I got like a couple plants here and there. And because I have these giant windows and I have west east facing windows, they get a lot of light magic. And mm-hmm. I um, I'm one of those people that is tempered the same way as plants. Like, I if I'm hot, I know the plant's probably hot. If I'm cold, I know the plant's right. probably cold. 
And so it was very easy for me to start getting plants and having them stay alive because plants, yeah, like they get too stressed out about plants, but they 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 will do all the heavy lifting. They 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 do talk to us when they droop and stuff like that. So it's not hard. You just have to give them the right conditions because you've taken something that's meant to be outside, brought it inside, and trying to say, I need you to live with me. And right. if you don't have a good relationship with each plant, then it's just not mm-hmm. going to survive. And nope. I've, I think now I have, give or take, 30 houseplants in my one okay. bedroom apartment, <laughs> which mm-hmm. sounds like yes. a lot. But... I mean, I've got, about, I've got about a little bit more than that. I have a one bedroom. Yes, yeah. But- it's like if you perfectly sprawl them it doesn't look that overwhelming but I have uh, (laughs) I've learned that my mom actually had pothos and peace lilies and stuff my grandma has like rose garden and all kinds of stuff like that Mm -hmm. my grandma too yeah my grandma's roses are wild and I don't understand how why they're seven (laughs) feet tall and just so intense but we um I started to like I saw on Instagram like plants and stuff and I was like okay I'll just get this and that and this and that mm-hmm, figure mm-hmm, out what mm-hmm. I like I have concluded that I really love and I do really well with vining plants so yeah both those my heartless philodendron and my monsteras for anyone who's out there who thinks a monstera is not a vining plant um those of things course it is. go back to the wild card <laughs> question it has aerial roots <laughs> it is a vining plant. Um, and I just, just really just love them. They give me joy. They fulfill that, I guess, like the thing that they call like motherly desires yeah. or needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm, um, cause mm-hmm. I don't really want to have children. They're Thanks. cool, I guess. They're not tight pairs, <laughs> but I, I don't really know. They're not for me. For the play with, yes, but not to like keep forever so (laughs) I think that when I am like repotting a plant my favorite sensation in the world is like moist soil like 100% moist soil is it for me and I've been this way since I was a child I always played in the dirt always play with bugs Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and plants yeah and so Mm -hmm. I'm repotting I'm like looking at this root system I'm like you are doing fantastic name all these right yeah, I move them around to make sure that they're happy, healthy, thriving, right. popping out leaves, and it gives me something to do. <laughs> right, right. But it <laughs> fulfills so much in me. With the plants, it has taught me mm-hmm. to be patient, to enjoy the mm-hmm. growth, and to notice mm-hmm. the little things. Because just like you, I'm sure you'll be meditating, you look over and you see a little sprout, and you're like, "Yeah, my plant is." booming and blooming this is right so great and it is the like it is like the biggest thing of my self-care right now outside of meditation right dealing Mm -hmm. with the plants yes and then I have some plants that my friends have given me or that I've named after certain friends yeah I know for a fact that if a certain plant is doing really well then my friends are fine if my it's not okay then that means I'm 100 this is so True. This is so true. I agree 100% with that. That is so true. I have, I can attest to that 100% that if your, 
if you have a plant that was gifted or that you've named after someone, you, it will tell you what's happening with. I agree with that fully and completely. Oh my goodness. I love it. Yeah. Like it, people don't, people don't want to believe in the magic of little <gasps> things like that in life. And I'm like, it's like, there's no harm in believing in magical spiritual stuff like that. There's just, to me, it's like, as long as it causes no harm to anyone else, there's no yes. harm in believing in it because it's like a 50, 50 there's no harm. Or maybe mm. this is true. Maybe it's not. Hey, let's right. see if the plant starts mm. turning yellow, I'm going to call my friend. <laughs> and if she's right. not okay, then Hey, that's, that's a good enough indicator of evidence for me that that is true. And that's true and I agree yeah I agree even like putting crystals around certain plants I don't oh, really yeah. know the metaphysical properties of crystals is true or not I don't really care but I can tell you this <laughs> the ones that got crystals around them doing great so arriving and that to me is just fun like you have to be in awe with things in life and it doesn't matter what you're interested in yes. but like being in awe having things that you collect like having a hobby having a hobby that's not a side hustle because oh those are two separate things they're different like collecting mm-hmm. plants and collecting crystals right now it's like my two hobbies that mm-hmm. don't produce money for me and i totally right. fine with that like it's just like mm-hmm. fun and people forget that like hey you're supposed to like like <laughs> my like current catchphrase is live laugh love it up like <laughs> Yeah, we need to live, laugh, and love it up. Like, because I mean, what's the alternative? Misery? Give me a break. Oh my gosh, I will age I, so much faster if I only had misery. Okay. Uh-uh. We're not about that. So I want to age gracefully. Um, And y'all not about to stress me out. That's my favorite thing to tell people. Y'all not about to stress me out. Get out of my face. This is what I tell people at work. <laughs> I tell everybody. Yeah. No, stop. And I love that you're talking about. um plant care and the way that it integrates into your self-care, the way that you explained it is so true. Um, and I, and you talked about something that is like, people really do have a difficult time with plants. And I have a lot of people ask me as well, like, how do you care for them? I travel for work. Mm-hmm. I'm at, sometimes I'm gone anywhere between two days to a week or more. My plants thrive when I'm gone they are fine do you want to know why because I have a full-on relationship with Mm -hmm. them they I know them they know me I don't do you know I'm not you know flipping jumping up upside down tilting my plants to one side in order for them to thrive I just have a full-on relationship with them Mm -hmm. what do I do give them plenty of light give them the water they need by the way most people are overwatering their plants Mm mm-hmm and that's a full stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I, this is the one thing. You don't need to even need to have a schedule. Just stick your hand in the soil. Stick your finger in the soil. What's happening there? Is it dry or is it wet? If it's dry, give it a little bit of water. Yes. <laughs> if it's you have to be in tune. Like, I try to tell people, you like. You got to connect. Yeah. Like, I can look at some soil and tell. Or I can look at some right. leaves and tell. And it's, now maybe that's just because I just pay attention a lot. But mm-hmm. it is. Like, I try to say, like, okay, yeah, I typically water my plants, like, twice a week. But that is definitely, like, it matters if it's been raining all week, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If in Charlottesville it's been raining all week, that means they haven't gotten a lot of sun. That means they haven't been using right. all of that energy. <sighs> so, yeah, they're only going to get water once that week because I know for a fact that they have not been sucking that up. But if it's been exactly. 70, 80 degrees every single day, they're drinking. 
and I got to provide. Right. And right. And some people overcomplicate. And I like, I always get nervous when people ask me for tips because I've seen all the care tips, right? Because, I mean, plants are everywhere. People are telling stuff all the time. But when someone says, use this like perfectly blended mix of soil of this and that, I'm like, that's crazy. Because all I did I was, was get some miracle grow. <laughs> I'm going to tell y'all right now. I want everybody to know this. This is why I don't have, I share sometimes about my plant um, journey, but I don't really share about it because it's it's low maintenance AF. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I don't even have the energy, especially special mixed soil. Mm-hmm. Here girl, just get some plain old soil. Love it up. And that's it. We're not, I'm not doing none of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, I'm not doing it. I need, I, and I don't have all low maintenance plants. Mm-hmm. I have plants that need care and need my attention, mm-hmm. but I need the experience with my plants to be low maintenance. I exactly. I'm not, I'm not about to do all the that. plants. Like I have noticed, the plants that require, except for my like, um, I'm growing my own like sage because I really like right. eating um, sage, like just straight up leaves. If you crisp it up with, some I butter. like making sage tea. It's so good. Yes, and then like I was like, oh, I'm gonna like make a bunch of sage and then dry it mm-hmm. and make my own little yeah. bundles. It'd be fun. Yeah, but like mm-hmm. that's like one of the few plants I have in this place that require watering almost every single day. Every yeah, mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. else if it requires like every two day watering that plant I just don't want that that's just too much effort. <laughs> I can't that's too much for me and my soul yeah if something needs like that I'm like you about to be a hydroponic because I do not feel like watering you all and and that is something I do a lot of that as well the, because I just know okay you know what I'm just gonna put you in this water and you're just gonna be happy there get you plenty of sunlight and then drop you in a little bit of food and you'll be fine <laughs> yeah like it's it's just it's not as much work as people might be afraid so to anyone listening like you start with one and also start with like when you're trying let's say if you want to buy five buy five Mm -hmm. different types of plants because that's a very good way to figure out you'll find out very quickly whether or not you have enough humidity in your apartment or in your house yeah if you get a high Mm -hmm. like a like my allocation i kind of want to shuffle her into the trash but don't do that she needs so much more humidity than i think i can give and okay it's so like she might just get given to somebody else who has that ability but it i i love her because i thought i killed her in the winter and then a plant lady told me that they always die no they they, yeah they go dormant they they go dormant yeah yeah and then i now she's like thriving and stuff like that but you Mm. buy different types so that you can figure out what is going to work do you need mm. the low light? Do you need the highlight? Or like, do you like, what is, what, what's going to make you feel good every time you wake up in the morning and yeah. you look at these plants? Because they're an extension of you. But at the same right. time, if you kill them, that doesn't make you a bad person. No, there's so much plant killing shame and guilt. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, don't be. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you're not. Life. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you're not a green goddess. Like, you just got to find the type of plant that works for you. Right. Like, I thought mm-hmm. succulents were never going to work for me because they right. required too little attention that I was like, right. there's no way that this plant can require that little attention. So I drowned a few, right? Just like she talked about, like, I drowned a few by accident. But I got a little leaf 
and propagated it mm-hmm. somehow. I somehow pulled off propagating a succulent. And now I have right. these little teeny ones that I have manifested, but I decided not to be hard on myself and say, right. after the first few that I murdered, hey, like succulents <laughs> aren't for me. I said to myself, let me regroup, do better research, mm-hmm. and try this again. Mm. And I think that people should understand that when you have failures, that they are teaching you the thousands of ways how to not do something, which is really important mm-hmm. to learn in life. Every, in life, Every yeah. time you mess something up, you say to yourself, okay, now I know another way how to just not do that. <laughs> like, exactly. Right. And we just don't keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, you have to be forgiving and you have right. to be willing to learn and you have to be patient. and Patient and compassionate with yourself, with your environment, everything. You know? Yeah, and it's just like, when I look at my propagations, I see them rooting. I'm like, oh, two weeks has passed already. Like, mm-hmm. what a beautiful <laughs> indicator that two weeks has passed where you right. don't feel like you're missing out on life when you watch, like, a plant mm. grow. Th- you just said it. You just, here's, I tell people, you need to get a plant. It will help you to understand life <laughs> so much. It will help you to really start to understand a lot of things, the cycle of life, everything. And when you have a lot of them, you become very intuitive. I really believe that. I'm having the best time listening to this episode. As I said at the beginning, I had the pleasure of doing this interview with Carrington about, I don't know, a little bit more than a month and listening to the joy and the sisterhood between us. It just lights my soul on fire. This is all I love and this is all that I want for us to have these moments together in sisterhood and I'm so grateful that I get to do this we're in the last portion of this beautiful interview and we still have some gems to drop so stay tuned and let's get into it let's switch gears all right So we already talked about, we know that you are a philosopher and we know that you have a lot of creative talents. For those of you who do not know, she is a poet and she released a beautiful body of work called Plush, which I loved. Of course, I'm a support black women always. So as soon as I saw it, I was like, okay, click download, bye. (laughs) And it was so great. So now tell me, how did this project begin? What made you name your book Plush? And just just give me give me a little synopsis about about this journey. So first of all, thank you so much for <laughs> investing in me and through buying my book. I <laughs> really have I I love writing poetry. Grew up like reading lots and lots of poetry, mm-hmm. and I like was in poetry contests and stuff like that when I was younger. Wow. So I basically just write poetry for fun all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm also yeah. like one of those hopeless romantics. So to oh. like like woo people, I would just write poems. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> So um, that summer, I said last summer, I said to myself, you know what? I would like to do something creative. I haven't created mm-hmm. anything in a while. And I want to actually finish a project. 
because okay. I'm sure like everybody else, you've started like people start projects and then don't mm-hmm. finish them. But I was like, I'm gonna finish this and hold myself accountable. Right. So <laughs> I pumped out like a bunch of poems. I wrote I put in the twenty sixth because I was born on September twenty sixth. Okay. And um, but I have a lot more poems than that, but I just put in those, broke them into four books so that they seem a little bit cohesive, even though I wrote them all separately. So uh, I thought okay. it was really funny that they all kind of had a theme um, yeah. to them, but mm-hmm. um, put it together. I went through the trouble of spending two months to figure out how to self-publish <laughs> right? instead of just paying for someone to publish for me, mm-hmm. um, which I would say that going forward for stuff like poetry books or like personal like anthologies I will always right. self-publish because I like having the rights yeah of course um but for when I put out like cookbooks which I will be putting one out and I'll tell you your listeners that I be, will be putting a vegan barista book out yeah so everyone knows how to make um good lattes with non-dairy milk um definitely yes. use a traditional publisher for something like that because mm-hmm. they'll do that good printing mass scale on their own but I just wrote it and I got my feedback and people were like these are nice and of course my my partner he read most of them because they related to him <laughs> and um yeah I just I just did it I did not do it to make money I made it solely because I wanted a physical form of my creativity and that I, re- proof, I, I get it proof yeah. that I can finish something I get it that. yeah I'm, I'm on that same I, I really I'm identifying myself now I've always identified myself as a creative and as an artist but I'd never identified as a writer or a poet but I've got books and books and books of poems and creative writings and now I'm starting to identify and connect with that and I'm really on that same path so that inspired me um your your uh your book inspired me as well. Like, yeah, this is, I can, I can resonate. I know I can um, share myself in that way. So that's so, so exciting. My favorite poem uh, is actually homegrown, which this is uh, Karen's in parts homegrown. So I thought, Oh, that is so cliche, but it is my favorite. I loved it. I resonated so much with it. Um, Take me into this space. And also I really want to know when do you feel most at home in your body? Okay, so I will first start saying that I named the book Plush because I just love, um, like, plush things, like, really soft things. I want people to mm-hmm. feel like yes. when you take your favorite blanket and you throw mm-hmm. it into the dryer just to, like, get warm and then you wrap yourself up in it mm-hmm. and that feeling. I want my poems to have that feeling, that right. safety and that comfort that home gives mm. and feeling at home in your body is I think very important because sometimes people just don't feel like connected to their body yeah and yeah to re reestablish that relationship I think is very very important and mm. so I feel most at home in my body probably while I'm doing yoga especially yeah. when I'm doing <laughs> heart and hip openers 100 okay, yeah. when I can open up my chest and over upper back mm-hmm. I'm feeling like this this release and then especially mm-hmm. when I'm opening my hips like if I can yeah. sit and frog for like 10 minutes 
mm-hmm. I I probably would have like some kind of spiritual awakening because it's just like wow an opening like no other like having a parasympathetic yeah. release um Oof. it's just so nice especially because when you have it and then you might want to cry a little bit afterwards Oof. and it's just like I am letting go what all that this is very is, necessary yeah this is why I love yin and restorative so much because it really does give you an opportunity to connect with the body as well as the mind and just to help you integrate and feel deeply connected to the body that's so powerful wow yeah love that i love yen so much (laughs) yeah i was doing yen plus vinyasa like all my all my life but that's yeah that's um (laughs) because i've been practicing yoga for 10 years now like that's just Mm -hmm. that's just what feels good i want to that's what feels good yeah i want to be deep in my body right (laughs) exactly yeah that's the only way (laughs) With that, with that, what does pleasure mean to you? <laughs> I'm kind of trying to carry us into a, a deeper space. Yeah, for sure. So what does pleasure mean to you? Oh, pleasure. It's everything that yes. makes me feel like I'm radiating. Everything. Mm. There's so many, I think, there's like so many things that give me pleasure. Mm-hmm. Like, I just like the smell of when the when it's about to rain because it's about to mm-hmm. rain today and I can yeah and I can smell that in the air that yeah is a special type of pleasure or when I eat like I really love Thai food right and something about mm-hmm. Thai food has just the perfect umami type of like feeling oh, in my yeah. mouth and yeah. that pleasure is so special to me because I'm like ah like this is a peak experience that I'm having kind of do or when like sweet so people tell me I have I give really good hugs but that's just because like mm-hmm. that's how my mom hugged me my whole life when you oh. fully wrap your arms around someone and you have one hand up close to like where their heart is or one on their lower back and you mm-hmm. do a slight press and yeah. you bring them in and you hold it for a few seconds like yeah. that type of touch yes like all of those I I love indulging in pleasures I'm not someone who will ever be addicted to them necessarily Mm -hmm. because I know Mm -hmm. they're meant to come and go because Mm -hmm. if you live in a constant state of pleasure then there will come a point which it will no longer be pleasurable Mm. so you need the uncomfortable like bad things in life to happen mm. so that you can value the good, pleasurable mm. moments. Yeah. And it just makes them so much sweeter. You know? Love that. So um, I just want to, I've got one more thing I want to explore with you. And uh, inclusion is important for me. And I wanted to, I want us to reflect on inclusion and the importance of seeing more women of color, specifically black women in more spaces. Uh, and for me, I see you as a black woman that is thriving in some of the spaces that we explore today, plant care, veganism, and of course, yoga. Uh, what empowers you to share your journey so that there is more exposure in our community and I know that our counterparts have 
what appears to be the monopoly on certain um, industries, but our community needs to see more women um, in these spaces. So I know that you uh, identify as an introvert. So what has empowered you to share your journey and in the way that you do? Okay, so I absolutely love this question. Um, (laughs) As a introvert I think that a lot of people misunderstand us introverts right where mm-hmm. I like to be alone but I don't want to mm-hmm. be lonely and right often in my life I have felt very lonely where mm-hmm. like even from like a small child like this is the things I was interested in the way I looked right. it didn't mm-hmm. matter if I was around black people or white people I always mm-hmm. felt very like not fully accepted Mm. and or like I they, can understand that. yeah or like just not enough and mm. it was very lonely feeling because I can get along with anyone but mm-hmm. you know people say slight things and it makes you uncomfortable or not feel right. welcomed mm. um but you just power through that because that's just how the world is but mm-hmm. when I I have always been told by my mom never change who you are and I had just mm. never wanted to be anything other than like as I am yes. <laughs> basically because yes. it, I just can't imagine being anything other than right. myself but I mm-hmm. don't want to be doing this alone anymore right. Right. and so I get it. the more I share um, mm. the more I will hopefully inspire other people to feel like it's okay to be interested in these things because we're mm-hmm. multifaceted and not a monolith and right the more okay. interest or the more I show that hey I'm out here too and people see we can come together and right. form a group and then also not just a group where it's only women of color right but a a group where we feel like we can support each other to go into other spaces because I think it's very important for people of varied backgrounds to Mm -hmm. be in mixed spaces because people need that point of view. People need that representation. And that's why it phases me none to go into an all white space. Like, yes, like you need to see that there's a black woman here that knows the same as you or if not more who can Mm. show you something who's willing Mm. to help you reach out to other communities and that's what I want to do I've been working on doing a project here in Charlottesville where can loop together the Charlottesville community plus Mm -hmm. the alumni community plus the university community because they're basically three different ones but Mm -hmm. we all now that I've merged into all of them over the last few years I see that we can't come together and Mm -hmm. I just don't have any like I'm gonna just be honest like I don't have any in person on the regular black women friends who are interested in the same things as me Mm. and I don't like that <laughs> right I feel you shit of like wanting right. to have friends but right. like out of the fact that like I know the things that I'm interested in isn't a white exclusive thing or a rich right. person exclusive no. thing mm-hmm. I want more people to enjoy these things and not mm. be shamed for it and not mm. make to feel uncomfortable but then also 
be aware that when you're like in a group like like that's all people like you that you don't turn and start to treat other people who aren't like you like less than Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times some people might get to a point where they're like putting down other people because now they finally have a group of people that are just like them right you have to always be aware that even though we're different we're the same Mm -hmm. look at Mm -hmm. other people as like another version of yourself so Mm. treat them with care and kindness but also honor the fact that hey like it is really nice to have something for yourself that is just the same as you so if I had 20 women who were interested in the same stuff as me that would be just effing bomb like that would just make my day to know that that exists and I don't care if that's in person or virtually it will bring me a lot of joy to see that hey like if on all the ads I start seeing are mixed in race and gender and all that kind of stuff right that is progress and that is yeah and the only way that's gonna be a regular thing is if I keep showing up Mm-hmm. keep putting myself out there and keep bringing mm-hmm. to a company's attention hey let's let's do this like if a company asks because I do um, brand collaborations right and the company wants me to post and wants to use my face I know that they're using me to help bring more representation to a have specific yeah people. demographic yeah of course and I'm fine with that and I want to say hey mm-hmm. also ask these people because they might also be interested and you can have more faces that you didn't even know about because mm-hmm. that's important because we're it's not like there's a few number of people like you and me there's a no, lot no no there's many 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 yeah oh, yeah we gotta find each other and we need right to we gotta mm-hmm. make it more prevalent for more people mm-hmm. to get involved that is right. the work that has to be done. And, and the way that you're speaking about this, I'm always such an, so in awe of Black women. We are so... Uh, the, the, the thing is, all of these, all, what you just said is so important because the thing that we need to remember is that we need to root the things that we do in love and compassion with ourselves and with one another. And because I'm a woman, a Black woman who lives abroad, in most places, I'm the only one that looks like me. And that has shaped who I am in a lot of ways mm-hmm. uh, because of my found my roots and my foundation. I know who I am as a black woman and I won't dim my light um, as a black woman. So I show up in the spaces. Sometimes it makes people uncomfortable. <laughs> it does Good. make people uncomfortable. Um, but that's really not my problem. Because I know that I am, everything that I do is rooted in love. And when I'm holding space uh, specifically for yoga or any sort of wellness or well-being experience, it's really about being able to be seen and heard. And I want it to be in a space that's compassionate. I would love to be able to say that I have... um, friends or loved ones 
like that are here with me in Dubai who look like me and who also believe or are interested in the same things that I am. And unfortunately that's not true, but that has not taken me like taken anything away from the things that I do at all, because I know that there are plenty of women that are out there like me who are interested in the things that I'm interested in, like you. And, you know, so I think that it's important for us though, specifically um, black women to have these spaces for us so that we can feel safe and supported and we can uplift one another. And I, I think it's important for us to have these safe, safe spaces so that we can just be ourselves without it being um, us trying to educate people um, or, refl or, or shed light on something that they may not have known about. It is great to do that, but at the same time, that's not our, that's not always our job. <laughs> yeah. So I, and I was just so curious about it, but I really love what you said though. It's, it's such a powerful and true, true way to be. And yeah, I support that. I love it. This has been so amazing. I can't even, I, I could do this all day long and explore so much more with you. You are so phenomenal. Wow. I mean, I really loved every moment of this. Thank you. So much, really. What a brilliant and divine Black woman. I mean, look, we're just so dope. Cues, Beyonce's, I've been on, because we've been on. Nothing moves without us, and Carrington proved that today. <laughs> You know, she shared something that resonates so deeply with me. She said, I believe in aligning my values with my actions. I've been reflecting on this for myself and exploring it with others recently. So I'll pose this question for you to reflect on. Maybe you can journal about it. That's up to you. How are you living and aligning your values with your actions? No judgment just an opportunity to look at how you're living and not just what you're saying or resharing, but how are you aligning with your truth? Don't forget to check out Carrington and her offerings. I will be linking how you can connect with her and experience every part of her divine being in the description. Thank you so much for listening, my loves. As always, I am so grateful to all of you. Did you enjoy? If so, please rate, subscribe, and share with everyone. And don't forget, go pre-order my e-guide, Yoga Doesn't Care If You're Flexible. <laughs> if you have a topic or anything you want me to explore, or you just want to share some love, send me a message using the Anchor app, which is the amazing platform I use to create my podcast, or drop me an email. I'm accepting, sending, and receiving all of the love. Until next time, thank you for receiving me as I am. Get out there in the world and show up as you are. Breathe easy.